0: So I want to let you guys know that you have a problem. And I say that because I care about you guys. I do. The truth hurts sometimes, but I have to say this because truth is truth. Young and old, big and small, we all face this problem. What is this problem? It's our meat problem, folks. Over 85% of the grass-fed beef sold in stores and online, it's imported from overseas. Now, you are paying a premium for imported goods that don't even get USDA graded. And that is why I say that you should get all of your beef, chicken, and seafood from Good Ranchers. They sell beef that is USDA prime and upper choice. Chicken that's better than organic and premium seafood. Good Ranchers delivers steakhouse quality to your door. And if you use promo code POSO at checkout, you can save $30 and get free express shipping on your box of American meat delivered. Good Ranchers exist. This is solving that problem. The only source of beef that is 100% born, raised, and harvested in the USA. Their supply chain is honest and transparent every step of the way. These are real American people trying to help real American businesses. And I think that is a cause that we can all get behind. You can do good when you eat good. Support American business one delicious bite of steak at a time. So you go head on over goodranchers.com slash POSO today to solve your meat problem once and for all. Get the transparency, quality, and the cuts that you have been craving. Order now. Use promo code POSO. You get that $30 off your box. Now it's the time. Support American farms and ranches. They're hurting you're hungry. Solve both of those problems with a box of American meat delivered. Who buys the meat in your house needs to go to GoodRanchers.com POSO today. Remember, promo code POSO. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Massive show today, so buckle up. This weekend, you are going to see the final showdown between the forces of freedom and these truckers and the tyrants, not just in Canada, around the world. So a massive trucker update. Is Ford going to drop the mandates in Ontario province? We've now just heard minutes ago he's declared a state of emergency. Also, they're trying to freeze the funds of Give, Send, Go. But Give, Send, Go is fighting back next. Biden inflation. We've been warning about this for months. Now it's here. Inflation up 7.5% over last year, making the highest gain since 1992 and the highest levels since the 1980s, early 80s. Third. Abortions in Texas fell 60% in the first month under the new limits. And then finally, Russia and China have agreed to a 30-year gas deal via a new pipeline to settle in euros. All this and more ahead, Human Events Daily.
1: We're now two weeks into the siege of the city of Ottawa. I call it a siege because that's what it is. It's an illegal occupation. This is no longer a protest. With a protest, you peacefully make your point and you go back home. And I know that the vast majority of the people did that. They came, they peacefully demonstrated, they made their point and they left. And I want to say to those people, you've been heard loud and clear. Canada has heard you. My message to those still in Ottawa, to those at our border crossings, please go home. To those of you who have brought your children, please take them home. I urge you, it's time to leave.
0: So, you just heard this guy, absolute tyrant. And make no mistake, that's what you're hearing. You're hearing someone who is smearing peaceful protesters in this way, attacking them, calling them criminals. Have you seen one act of violence in any of this? Yes, it's civil disobedience. It's classic civil disobedience. This is the kind of stuff you saw at the end of the Cold War, the kind of stuff that you saw at the end of communism, the Warsaw Pact, the stuff you saw in the Prague uprising. These are not the actions of a violent insurrection. These are the actions of peaceful people and specifically workers. By the way, we're now seeing reports all over Canada of this is going on. And Map Break, I was able to actually make kind of a rough map last night of all the places where this is going on in Canada. Now this morning, we've got information that there are freedom convoys streaking across Europe at this very moment, headed this weekend for where? Brussels, Paris, and Vienna. But understand what's going on. The crackdown will come, and it will come swiftly. Give send, Go was just sent an order by a court in Ontario last night, placing an injunction to freeze the funds of all the Give send, go. So if the uh, last time I checked, it's about 8.5 million U.S. dollars that's been raised. That's over 10 million Canadian dollars raised in this fundraiser. They're trying now to block access of that money that was raised to the truckers. give and Go's response, they said, we reject it. They said, you have no jurisdiction over us. We will not comply with this order. And if people are trying to get their funds, we are going to distribute our funds to them. You have no jurisdiction over us. How can you not love give and Go after that? This is the absolute moment to stand with these truckers, to stand with these workers, because what are they doing this all for? This is for freedom. This is for your rights to live as free people as you see fit. This is not about mandates anymore. This is about power. I've been saying it all week. This is about who has power in society. Is it the people or is it the elites? And they know this. And that's why you're seeing people like Premier Ford, like Prime Minister Trudeau. That's why they're acting this way. Macron, President Macron in France, has deployed armored vehicles to Paris To block the truckers, the freedom truckers, the convoy, just from coming in and driving around and honking horns. Why is it such a threat to them? It's not a threat of violence. And it's certainly not a threat of extremism. It's a threat to their power. They can't allow anyone appear to have power in society other than themselves. So if you understand the flow of power in this situation, you understand what's going on. Because they can't allow this, right? You're seeing 5G information warfare, fifth generation information warfare, narrative trench battle day in, day out with these things. Because they're trying to say, you are a regime and you are cracking down. And it's not about science and it's not about health. It's about you taking away the freedom of everyday people. And that's a powerful tool. I mean, talk about France, right? The original motto of the United States was not e pluribus unum. What did Benjamin Franklin want and Jefferson wanted? Rebellion to tyrants is obedience to God. Rebellion to tyrants is obedience to God. Well, of course you've heard the news and it isn't really news if you've been shopping anywhere in the last couple of weeks, the last couple of months, if you're going to fill up your gas at the gas tank. inflation is absolutely and completely out of control. We are now experiencing within the United States the highest inflation since President Reagan took office, period. And that's not me saying that. That's literally CNBC. I'll read you the headline. Inflation surges 7.5% on an annual basis, even more than expected. Even more than expected, says CNBC. And the highest since 1982. Yeah, even more than who expected, because we've been talking about this for weeks and weeks. It's very simple, right? You've got... Too many dollars chasing too few goods. It's, it's basic supply. You've increased the dollar supply in this country. And we've talked about the Cantillon effect. We've talked about the idea that it's the people closest to the money printer who benefit when there is inflation from money printing and the people at the other end that have to pay for it. Those are the people who lose wages. Ron Paul, Congressman Ron Paul, Dr. Ron Paul once said, Inflation is the most evil of taxes, because it's a slow tax, it is a regressive tax, and it's one that most of the time, because it doesn't shoot up this much, people don't even realize that it's happening. By the way, the Cantillon effect, I actually looked up on the, uh, this from Matt Stoller's substack recently. It's a pretty cool story I'd have of how that came about. So uh, Richard Cantillon was this, uh, this French economist in the 1700s, And what he was focused on was when the kingdom of France would discover a new gold mine. He noticed that the people that were able to exploit the gold mine, so the nobles of that area, and of course the friends of the king, were the ones that would always benefit the most. But as that new gold, because they would get the gold, then they would start spending it. And as that new gold spread out into society, right, prices all jumped up. So it was really good if you were a friend of the king, but it was really bad for everybody else. That's the same exact thing that's going on. Instead of, because we're not at the gold standard anymore, it's not about how much gold you find, it's about how much money you're printing. Because gold, obviously, there's scarcity in that. But if it's just money printing, or excuse me, quantitative easing, adding to the balance sheet of the Fed, yeah, whatever. It's the same thing, all right? It's essentially the same thing. You're making it out of nothing. You're printing it out of ether. And by doing that, without any introduced scarcity, 30 billion, by the way, is coming on. We just heard announced from the Fed. They're not stopping. And we still haven't seen an interest rate hike. Why? Because they know it'll crash the stock market. By the way, you just got a preview of that when it came to the tech stocks. So understand what's going on. They know that they're floating with disaster either way and they have to pick one poison or the other. You either inflation is gonna continue to go out of control or stocks are gonna crash. So the question is, who are they more scared of? Wall Street or the people rising up over these price increases? But let's go to President Biden and let's hear how President Biden reacts to this news. Is he worried about it? Is he as worried? Does he actually understand the precariousness of his political position right now? Let's take a listen. We're in a situation now where uh um, you know, you should have peace of mind. I know food prices are up and we're working to bring them down. As I said, I grew up in a family where the price at the pump went up, you filled it. And I understand, but these things are necessities. We're working to bring down prices where they're not totally what families, in fact, uh, have to pay. So by the way, I understand this. If your wages aren't going up higher than inflation, you're losing money. If you're not getting a raise to keep up with inflation, then guess what? You are now losing money every time you get paid. You're actually getting paid less this week than you were last week. You're getting paid less this year than you were last year if you're making the same amount. And that money that's in your bank account, well, guess what? If you haven't diversified it, if you hadn't gotten into crypto, if you haven't gotten into precious metals, if you're not in the market, all real estate, the various ways to diversify your holdings, if you have that all in cash, guess what? Now you are losing money they understand what's doing this they're the ones running the system the problem is they have no idea what they're actually doing and this is wild by the way so we had the exact same situation back in the 1970s right where you had stagflation high unemployment right high inflation driven also by the way by high oil prices that was the oil crisis that Uh, resulted in what's known as the great inflation. So the great inflation was from the 1970s, even higher inflation than we do now. And so 1982, the reason we use that as the benchmark that we've just reached, by the way, we've just reached 1982, but we're on the way up, 1982 was on the way down from the great inflation. So the question remains, how much higher are we going to do? are we actually going to see 1970s style inflation? We only got a little bit further to go. Um, But in the the 1970s, actually peaked right around 1979, 1980 at 15%. So that was even double the inflation that we're seeing right now. But unfortunately, if you look at the trajectory we're on, it looks like this isn't going to taper off and we're going to see that spike continue. So if they continue printing money, if they don't raise interest rates, you are going to see, I guarantee you, you're going to see 1970 style inflation, 1970 style gas prices, and you're probably going to see rationing again. Get ready. Well, the weather reports are out. A white Valentine's Day. looks like it's in the cards. If you live on the East Coast, for myself here in Washington, D.C., the regime-occupied National Capital Region, it looks like we are going to get snow uh, from that Sunday night into Monday. So coming down for a white Christmas. So. What do you do when the winter storms are coming and it's Valentine's Day? Of course, you go to MyPillow.com backslash Poso. You go right there and you find everything for the special lady in your life, whether it's the slippers, whether it's the sheets, whether it's the luxurious pillows, the body pillows, guys. Let me tell you something. They want the body pillow. Ladies, you know what I'm talking about. You know you want one. How do I know you want one? Because my wife loves the sheets, the pillows, everything. The towels, we've got them all. So you go to mypillow.com backslash poso. Get ready because winter is coming. Valentine's Day is coming. Get ready and be prepared for this. Next up, abortions in Texas. We've got the numbers in. Fell 60%. In the first month under the new limits after the law was signed last year. Now, you remember when they said that we couldn't legislate morality, where they said, oh, no, 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 you can't put in all these laws, and people are going to do what they're going to do, and people don't respond to incentives and restrictions? Well, the numbers are in. And it looks like, yes, yes, the law works, because of course it worked. So let's go back to Governor Greg Abbott and listen to him and what he said when he signed this law.
1: Today, I'm proud to be here to sign the Texas Born Alive Act. This law defends the sanctity of life and creates civil and criminal penalties for infanticide in Texas. It provides a baby who survives an abortion the full protection of law in Texas. It also ensures that the baby receives appropriate medical care. I want to thank Representative Leach and Senator Kolkhorst Uh, for uh, their authorship of this, as as well as uh, this incredible team of Texas House and Senate members who worked tirelessly to make sure this bill got to my desk and became law in Texas. The Born Alive Act is now law in Texas
0: figures were released this month by the Texas Health and Human Services Commission. The nearly 2,200 abortions reported by Texas providers in September came after a new law took effect that bans the procedure once cardiac activity is detected. Now, abortion usually around six weeks of pregnancy and without exceptions in case of rape or incest. In August, there were more than 5,400 abortions statewide. State health officials said more data will be released on a monthly basis. So, abortions fell from 5,400 to 2,200 in the state of Texas. That's 60% in one month. Now, this is considered the most restrictive abortion law in the United States in decades, according to new figures that reveal a full accounting of the immediate effect. The numbers offer this full picture. They show a sharp drop. Some patients, it says, will, patients, right? People who want to get an abortion will travel hundreds of miles to clinics in neighboring states or farther, causing a backlog of appointments in their areas. And of course, Planned Parenthood is very, very upset about this because they want to be able to kill children. Uh, and that's this is their business model. Uh, but remember, under the law, Any private citizen is entitled to collect a $10,000 or more if they bring a successful lawsuit against someone who performed or helped a woman obtain an abortion after the limit, which opponents have condemned as a bounty. However, no pro-life supporters at this point have yet to file any suit. So just the threat of this under the new law was enough to reduce it by 60%. Ladies and gentlemen, Texas has shown us the way yet again, right? I, say, I keep saying this all the time, like, I'm, I'm, I'm a Northerner, right? I'm a Yankee, right? I'm a filthy Yankee from Philadelphia area. I am, like, so not a Southerner, definitely not a Texan. I did, I did grow up around horses. I know how to ride, learn how to ride at a young age. Uh, so we can certainly talk about that. That being said, so much respect. So much respect for what is going on in the state of Texas and what they're doing to protect life and to protect children. You hear so many conservatives around the country and so many conservatives, they get elected to office. They say, we're going to do this. We're going to stand up. We're going to fight. Texas is actually doing it. They're not just talking about it. They're making it happen. And I hope and I pray that later this year, the Supreme Court will make Roe v. Wade illegal. That means in other states or overturn it. We need more laws like Texas. Well, news out of Reuters. Russia and China have agreed to a 30-year gas deal via a new pipeline to settle in euros. Very interesting, by the way, euros, not the US dollar. They are moving away from the US dollar every single day, not just in Russia and China, but all around the world. The U.S. dollar is becoming less and less used as its power of as the world reserve currency is decreasing. And that's just a fact. That is a fact of
2: life. As for our bilateral relations, they're developing in a linear way, with the spirit of friendship and strategic partnership, and have reached an unprecedented level. They're an example of upstanding relations, which help both sides to develop and support each other at the same time. You've noticed already we have 140 billion US dollars. It's a steadfast advance on our mutual goal of 200 billion US dollar trade turnover. I'm sure we will reach that point. Our oil producers prepared a very good solution on hydrocarbon supplies to China for today's meeting. And we made another step forward in the gas sector. I mean the new deal to supply China with 10 billion cubic meters of natural gas from the Far East. Gazprom is selling an additional 10 billion barrels of gas to China.
0: Russia already sells pipeline gas and LNG to China. The flows in the new pipeline will be within three years uh, under this deal. Now, Gazprom, which has a monopoly on Russian gas exports by pipeline, agreed to supply Chinese state uh, energy uh, major corporation CNPC, with 10 billion cubic meters of gas a year, the Russian firm and a Beijing-based firm said. First flows through the pipeline, which will connect Russia's Far East with Northeast China, were due in two to three years. Now, we're talking essentially about Siberia. We've also seen... Areas of connection where Russia is trying to, they already have the power of Siberia one pipeline, which travels from the Russian Far East in Siberia down uh, through Vladivostok, Vladivostok and then into China, um, into the Beijing area. But we're also going to see power of Siberia two, which is going to be a pipeline that Russia is constructing an oil pipeline across Mongolia that'll connect the Russian, the Eastern Russian infrastructure with the Western Russian infrastructure. Russia's strategic national resource and their strategic comparative advantage is always going to be natural gas and oil. This is what they want. However, Russia and China have not actually signed any specific military alliance. They haven't really joined their two countries together in the same way that a lot of Western analysts have, have claimed. And there's a reason for that. Because when you, look, you really look at the situation, Russia and China are actually geostrategic rivals in just as many areas as they are um, cooperators, as they are friends, right? So it makes sense for them to do this economically because China does not have the resources. Russia has the oil resources. But when you look to areas like, the, like uh, Central Asia, like the Middle East, like the Russian Far East, which many Chinese nationalists claim should be theirs. They want to retake a lot of Vostok, even though it's never really theirs to begin with. It's Manchurian. And then you look at the Arctic Circle, right? Sea ice is coming down. What does that mean? Russia is building megaports. The new Northern Sea Trade Route means the Suez Canal, the Straits of Malacca will not be as important anymore. Who controls the Arctic Circle? Russia. But China wants to get in. You're gonna see a lot more competition, mark my words, between Russia and China in all of these areas than you do cooperation. So I wanted to say thank you very much for your support of this show. Um, Human Events Daily, we have an announcement to make this week, we just hit five million downloads on the podcast. So thank you very much, and that's across all platforms Apple, Spotify, uh, wherever you get your podcast. That, of course, doesn't count for the hundreds and thousands of views we get when we clip this thing, we put it out on social media. So thank you from the bottom of my heart from the entire team that we have here at Human Events Daily, Turning Point USA. Thank you so much for. You know, doing your homework. That shows that you are doing your homework. You're sharing this out with one of your normie friends. You're putting in your five-star review. And of course, our motto to you is always, be good, be brief, be gone. Today, your history break. February 11th, 1945. It was the end of the Yalta Conference, the big three. And where were they meeting? Crimea. How interesting is it that Crimea is the exact same place that could be the flashpoint today? Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission, lay ashore.